fabulous. Well, this is the season, isn't it? New Year's resolutions and that kind of stuff. And, and it's a good thing to do, and I think it is. You know, I mean, I know we, we sort of joke about making these resolutions and day one breaking them. Uh, there was another dry January, well, one dry January person here this morning who said that was her plan, and I said, how's it going, day three? And she's like, well, I forgot on day one. So that wasn't a great start. But we like to poke fun, but actually, it is a great opportunity, isn't it? To sort of take stock, to reflect on what's been. And you know, I was enjoying doing that at home. That's why I actually, I didn't feel like going to any crazy parties. Uh, because uh, I just wanted to just be quiet and sort of do a bit more reflecting on the year that had been. Because I don't know how your 2015 was, you know, whether there were, you know, endless highs or whether there were some lows or a mix of the two. You know, for me, it was actually one of the toughest years of my life, looking back.、Um, And I'm not that disappointed to see the back of it in many ways. There was a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff. But at the same time, a lot of stuff I want to leave behind as we cross sort of this, this boundary, this border, if you like, into a, a new time, a new season. And that's an opportunity that's there for each of us. And so I was at home and I was just reflecting and thinking, right, 2016, we're just going to change tack. We're going to you know, go in a new direction. And It's going to be great. Things are going to shift. And so when I went up from the fireworks by the fire, said goodnight to mum, and actually they went to bed slightly before me. I did outdo them at least. <laughs> when I went to bed, the first thing I wanted to do, almost the first thing I wanted to do in 2016, was just give God some time, was to seek Him. So as I got into bed, I reached for my Bible and、uh, I opened it. and...、Uh, Packing up from London to go home, I just shoved a flyer, one of the St. Dionysus Christmas flyers, which perhaps you had,、uh, in my Bible. I don't, don't know where I'd shoved it, but as I opened it up, the flyer fell out.、Uh, my eyes fell on these verses that we're going to look at in just a moment. And as I read these verses, even as I read the first one, they're quite well known verses, and I, I just knew what they were about. And I was stunned. And it was one of those sort of goosebump moments. I don't know if you get them occasionally. In your life. And for me, I hadn't had one in a long time. And so at the start of 2016, it was just a, goose, a goosebump moment. And you know, the only word that came out of my mouth was, wow. Wow. Those moments where it's almost like just things align, where, where stuff's been going on in your heart, in your life, you've been wrestling with stuff, you've been trying to work things out. You're trying to discern the way forward, and suddenly, momentarily, everything comes together, and you see things clearly, and you just know God is with you. Do you know those moments? And this is one of them, and it was as if God was just speaking directly into my life. And my response was, wow. And I felt then and there that. These are the verses, these are the words I want to claim for my life for this year. And I want to offer them to you. Perhaps you might want to claim them too. Because I think it's within our rights to claim God's words, God's promises for our lives, and for us corporately as a church to lay hold of these words and to have that response wow, that's going to be my word this year. If you want it, you can borrow it too. But my question for you is what's going to be your word? For this year, 
What do you want to be the word or the phrase that summarizes your life, your experience this year as you journey with God? What's going to be your word? Mine's wow. I want to get a fresh wow factor of God, of all that he's capable of, of all that he is, of all that he wants to do in my life, through my life, in this church, through this church. So if you want to grab a Bible, I just want to read these words and reflect on them for a few minutes this evening. And we're turning to Isaiah chapter 54. There are Bibles on the white tables. If you get there first, take a stash, hand them out. Let's look after our neighbors. We're in chapter 54. It's in page 703. I think the words will be coming up in a moment on the screen. But why don't we pray, even as we find those pages? And Lord, we just want to say to you that we are here for you. We're here because of you. We love you. And we want more of you in our lives. Thank you that you're here with us now. Holy Spirit, come, search our hearts and our minds. Put your finger on those things in our lives that you want us to address, that you want us to put right. Those areas where you want us to welcome you in more. Yield to you more within. Because Lord, we want to be in awe of you. Not just tonight. Not just this year, but our whole lives. Come, living God, speak to us. Amen. So, as I lay there, open my Bible, my eyes fell on these verses. Reading at verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. Just keep that passage open. And I think when I read those words, I got 
those sort of shivers, goosebumps down the spine moment because these words, these verses speak to me and I, I believe they will speak to you at a deep level, at the deepest level, sharing with us, imparting to us God's heart about what he wants to do in each of our lives and in our life as a church. You see, these words weren't just written for uh, Israel by the prophet Isaiah. These words were put together, brought together by the Lord Almighty to be passed down through the generations to speak to each one of us in our own place, at our own time. And they're as relevant today as the first day they were written. You know, reflecting on the year that's been, looking back at last year, I think it's amazing and Perhaps it's something we should do more of, just taking stock and realizing where we've come from. You know, when I think about us as a church, there's so much to give thanks for, to give praise for. The fact that two years ago, this service, this gathering didn't even exist. We weren't even meeting here. And yet now, five o'clock every Sunday, up to 150 of us gather to worship Jesus, to be just a living sign A living community for him in this place, in Fulham, in London, at this time, where before there was nothing. To me, that's that's amazing. That's something we can give God praise for. That's evidence of him moving, of him growing things, of seeing his kingdom come. Or just looking back on Alpha last year and all the people who've come into this church, become part of our family through that course, last term's course, some 45 or so people involved um, our last session, you know, finishing up with 30 being present on the night. 17 of them guys and 13 ladies. The guys outnumbering the ladies. How about that for a change? Isn't that good news? I mean, we love the ladies, but we, we love guys because we need guys. The church needs men. So I tell you what, I, I, it just hit me hard when I realized we had more men finishing that course. When so often, and in so many churches, it's the other way around. So much to give God thanks for, to give God praise for, that he is on the move. All that he's been doing amongst us, the women's ministry, lives being touched, transformed, new ministries being birthed, people with missional vision, setting up stuff to reach out to people at work or friends or neighbors, whatever it is. God is on the move, and he has been moving powerfully at St. Dee's. And we've just come out of the Christmas season, and what an amazing month it was here. I mean, I love December in the church. I've experienced two now at St. Dee's, and the doors seem to be open the entire time with all kinds of, you know, funny people and little people coming in and coming and going. You know, some voluntarily, uh, many of them compulsorily. Uh, they have to be here by the school. They, they get piped in. Uh, but it's great to see the church full. It's great to see nurseries coming and using this space, doing their nativities. Have you seen a nativity play recently? I mean, it's comedy gold. <laughs> I mean, if you get the... Ch- oh, it's too late now. I've got some footage, actually. I could show you afterwards. I mean, it is, it's just genius. These little guys and girls in their outfits just learn their words, you know, singing the songs. I mean, come on. I mean, just screaming shouting. It's amazing. But just seeing life, seeing it all happen here in this building for the glory of Jesus. But for me, you know, the highlight of the Christmas season was our Candles by Carol light 
service, which I'm sure many of you were at. You know, two years ago, I came before I joined the staff here, and I preached at the Carols by Candlelight service. And there was a great gathering. There were about 100 of us, maybe just, well, between 80 and 100 in the room. Just a great sense of God's presence, worshipping him, praising him, great times. And then a year ago, one year into this adventure that has been since we grafted a bunch of us from HDB and other places to join with St. Dee's, there were 275 of us. This place was packed. This place was filled with the life of God, with the people of God, showing what's possible when we have faith. This last year, just a month ago, when we were thinking, what can we expect from, yeah, the latest Carols by Candlelight, we had a sense that we might see as many as 400 people in the building, that this place could be packed with so many friends, relatives, colleagues, whatever, coming to hear the gospel, to hear the good news of the birth of Christ. We had over 450 people pack out this building. Pretty much every seat in the house was taken. God is on the move. He is bringing people, drawing men and women to himself who have hungry hearts, who are looking for truth, who are looking for hope in a time when the world so desperately needs it. He is enlarging the place of our tent. And these are just little signs. I just throw some of them out. I mention them just to bring it to mind because I know you know because you're part of the family here, if you are. If you're welcoming, well, you could be. This is the adventure we're on. This is the journey we've been on. And so often we take it for granted. We think, yeah, of course, you know, well, why not? I was amazed following this, the service this morning to hear that um, Jenny, uh, a lady who's been a part of the congregation here for 37 years with her husband, Graham, she said that 30 years ago, there was a meeting that took place in the vestry, right through there, uh, with the archdeacon uh, of the time, who will remain nameless. Uh, and it was at a time when a lot of churches were getting sort of halved. I only learned this this morning. But apparently the space would get halved to be better used because numbers were dwindling so much. They would sort of imagine sort of sealing off by the middle pillar there, that back half of the church. So the church would gather here on a Sunday and then you could have meeting rooms and use the space creatively for other stuff. And they were having a chat about doing that and whether to do it here at St. Danis. And Jenny, woman of faith that she is, she dared um, to offer this... Um, thought, well, what about, you know, what happens when the church is full again? And you know the archdeacon's response? Well, don't be silly. Well, don't be silly, he said. God, save us from a lack of faith from within the church itself about all that he is capable of doing, about all that he longs to do in us and through us. Imagine 30 years ago, if they could see what even we have tonight, this first Sunday, quiet start to the new year that we're seeing here tonight, or the carols where we couldn't move for people. This is God's heart. This is God's plan. This is what this passage is about. Isaiah is speaking to the people of Israel who've been carried off into Babylon. They've, if you like, been the church of England of old where they've just seen numbers, numbers dwindle, they've lost hope, they've lost vision, they're walking around saying don't be silly to each other, what hope is there? 
And Isaiah comes along and to a people who have perhaps lost heart, they've lost passion, they've lost faith, they're without hope. He speaks this word. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Don't shrink it, enlarge it. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. He spoke a word of prophecy to that nation. There was in exile saying, you will be greater than you were before. In fact, you will be so great that you will need more space to accommodate the people who will come to you. Israel didn't have a clue. They hadn't seen God's plan. That His plan didn't just involve them. At the time, it was just them in relationship with God. They had the temple. They had the sacrificial system. It was just Israel and God. They didn't see God's plan to, to bless the whole world. They didn't see God's heart to bring the whole world to himself through Christ, through the baby who was born 2,000 years ago. We just celebrated Christmas. What does it mean? Do we forget about it in January? No, of course we don't. We live in the light of that. The truth that God became flesh. That God's name is Emmanuel. God with us. We live in the light of that truth now. And so Israel could never have foreseen the coming of God in the person of Christ. To live as one of us, to lay down his life for each of us so that all of us could come home, come into his family, come into his house. They need a pretty big space. And so he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch, lengthen, strengthen. This is who God is. This is how he works. The only question for us is, do we believe him? Or has our vision so shrunk? Have you allowed yourself to be shaped by your circumstances, by your experiences, that you've perhaps shrunk back into your shell? I know I've done that in the past. Done that many times. Do we shrink back? Or do we hear God's voice speaking to us corporately as a church, but also to us individually, saying, will you run the race with me? Will you take me at my word? Will you enlarge the place of your tent? Will you stretch your tent curtains wide? Will you lengthen your cords? Will you strengthen your stakes? We've seen so much happen in the life of us as a church at St. Dee's. Jenny, who's been here 37 years, could tell you. She could chart that story. But what God's been doing among us these last two years, it's crazy. It's humbling. There's so much to give thanks for, to praise God for. But at the start of a new year, there is so much to look forward to and to be expectant for. And that's really all I want to do tonight is just challenge us to make us ask ourselves, what, what do I want? What am I living for? What, what am I giving myself to, putting my energies towards? 
wherever it might be in, in your personal life. I don't know what your dreams are. I don't know what your hopes are. But God is saying, enlarge them. Dream bigger. Go further. Dig deeper. Aim higher. Why? Because my name is Emmanuel. And I am God with you. In whatever circumstance you find yourself in. Your goal, your resolution for this year might be to spend more time with, with family, with loved ones, to go after relationships in a more intentional way. You love that word, intentional. I'm going to be intentional. I don't know why I went there, sorry. <laughs> good, good dreams, good goals. God is in that. Run with that. Give it your all. Stretch your love further to accommodate more, to reach out longer, lengthen your cords. Give more. Spend more. Be more generous. Welcome them in. Forgive. Be reconciled. Do whatever it takes. Or maybe it's, I don't know, your career. Maybe your thoughts have been there with your business, with your dreams about what you want God to do, what, what you would long to see him do. Maybe, maybe you've had an idea over this Christmas period, this New Year period, something dropped into your mind. If I did that, it would mean this, this, this. And you're almost too scared to run with it because it feels too big. Well, guess what? If you're a follower of Jesus, then the spirit of the living God lives in you. The spirit of the one who created the universe. Should we be surprised if we occasionally have world-changing ideas? Ideas that even scare us? Run with it. Welcome God into it. Welcome him into your choices, into your career path. Say, Lord, which way shall I go? You are with me. You've got a bigger plan. You've got a bigger dream for me than I've got for myself. This is who God is. He knows every hair on your head. He wants to bring about something greater in and through you than you could ever have dreamed of. Just as he did through Israel when Christ was born and became a blessing to the whole world. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. You know, there is, there is a state at work in the world today. We see it in the news. We know it need not be named. That is going about trying to bring about its own kingdom that takes over desolate cities that would seek to own and take control of nations. But wherever it goes, destruction, death, and darkness follows in its wake. But here God's promise is to his people, saying wherever you go, whatever city you go to, whatever nation you end up in, I will bring blessing through you. You will take possession, and the blessing of God Almighty will rest on that city, on that nation. How big is your vision? Is it citywide? Is it nationwide? Is it worldwide? We serve a mighty God. What are you dreaming of at the start of 2016? 
Because God is calling you to enlarge, to stretch, to lengthen, to strengthen. And the only two commands he gives in these verses, do not hold back. Verse 2, do not hold back. Give it everything. Dare to believe that I am with you, says the Lord. Trust in me for it all, because my name is Emmanuel. Do not hold back. Secondly, verse 4, do not be afraid. You know, sometimes I think it can be our dreams and our ambitions that can scare us a little bit. You might have a thought come into your head and imagining a, a daydream and you might think, who am I to do that? Who am I? I believe God would say at the start of 2016, who are you not to do it if my spirit lives in you? If you are my son, my daughter, I have called you for such a time as this. You are my ambassador. You are on mission. Now run. Hold on to me and run. Do not hold back. Do not be afraid. Because sometimes when we begin to step out, it can be fearful, can't it? It can feel intimidating. It's like anything. I don't know if you uh, imagine, you think of any time when you've just, you've got, I don't know, riding a bike. We've all had those moments, haven't we, where we've been going downhill, we've been having a great time, and there comes a moment where you're going very quickly and you're really enjoying it, uh, where you move beyond that and you suddenly realise, <laughs> I'm slightly out of control, and um, you get nervous. Do you know what I mean? That fear comes on you. Or I'm seeing Toby there, kite surfing. You know, I, I'm a bit of a kite surfer. Uh, and uh, last time I went, I'm, I'm quite a beginner. But I, I like to get going and go as quickly as I can with, within the limits. And uh, I was in Lanzarote recently, and I was, yeah, the wind picked up, and I was going nicely. I was strapped in to this, uh, slipped in. You put just one foot strap on both, on the surfboard. And I was there, and I was going far, and I was enjoying it. But then there came a moment where it was like I went from enjoying it to realizing <laughs> I'm not fully in control of my vehicle. And um, I was just hurtling around, and my foot started coming loose, and before you know it, I was doing the, sp the split, so it was horrible. You know, <laughs> I won't go there. We can get intimidated. We can be taken to a place of discomfort. We can even feel fear. But you know, the amazing thing is that God says, do it anyway. You know, a friend showed me recently a book that I think the title is Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Is that right? Anyone? No one. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> Feel the fear but do it anyway. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. God is with us. He has bigger dreams, bigger plans for your life and my life than I think we could ever dare to imagine. And we only get one life, guys. And God, save us from getting to heaven, getting to glory, one day, getting to the finishing line, seeing Jesus face to face and learning and seeing all that we could have been, all that we could have done 
If we'd only taken him at his word. If we'd only run this race boldly. If we'd only trusted in him. He's done everything required. There's no guilt. There's no shame. Because he sent Jesus. Jesus came to Israel and opened up the blessing of God to the whole world. That's what this passage speaks of. Isaiah 53 speaks of Jesus being despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Guys, at the start of 2016, This is the God we serve. This is the God we worship. The God who is with us. The God who has forgiven us. The God who has lifted off us all of our shame and opens up a brand new future in which we can run, in which we can dream, in which we can take him at his word and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to believe for more. I'm going to look for more. I'm going to run hard for you, for the glory of your name, for the glory of your kingdom. And I want... The word that I'm saying, New Year's Eve 2016, this year, I want the one word coming out of my mouth to simply be, wow. What about you?